Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. There is a place where time stands still. Where nature is harsh and demanding. Where only the quick and the strong and the deadly can survive. This place is no place for civilized man. All you've got to do now is pass the Australian culture test. Three simple questions, three correct answers, and you together? go through that doorway to the greatest little country in the world. And good morning, this is Annie for Showreel and uh, the Australian film industry and its films. Um, probably uh, more precisely, uh, who is involved and how they make moving images that are part of the Australian scene. And uh, today I'm going to talk to uh, Helen Isles. Now, Helen, we spoke to her earlier in the piece about her film Deep Listening, Dajiri, and uh, she's now got to the stage where the film is finished and she's in the process of uh, distributing it. And she's got this novel way of doing it. She's decided to tap into crowdfunding to uh, help her distribute her film. So we're going to talk to to Helen about that and uh, but before I do, I want to give you the heads up on something that we're going to feature in Showreel later on, which is an interview with Louise Fox, who's a writer and co-creator of Glitch. Now, Glitch is the new hit series made locally, showing on the ABC. Now, you may not have caught up with this, but Glitch is actually quite extraordinary. It's set in a country town somewhere near Shepparton. One night, people literally rise from their graves. But it's not a zombie scent, a film uh, series in the sense that uh, so much has just woken, uh, they've sort of woken from an, a nap in a way. It's not like they're zombies without any brains. They are actually people with uh, historical context. And the people that uh, arise out of their graves are come from the entire span of white settlement in that area, which is fascinating. There's lots of food for thought in this particular series. Um, well, this is the last day that you can get to see all six episodes for free on iView ABC. Now, I reckon it's worth you actually doing it. I did it and I can say I wasn't disappointed. The only thing you have to do after viewing is write a letter or an email to the ABC to make them finance another series because their time to time bombs, there's time bombs in the first series which you will want to have answered. So glitch, go on to iView after this program and uh, have a look at what... Australian film industry can create that is uh, you can't find anywhere else because they're Australian stories. Hi, Ivan Hexter here. 
When the community battle against East West Link started with drilling behind my house, I took my camera out. 60 hours of footage later, I need your help to tell this community story. The sheer arrogance of a government trying to foist a multi-billion dollar project on us. Tunnel Vision, the story of right beating might. Donate to the Tunnel Vision crowdfunding campaign to be part of the Tunnel Vision project. www.chuffed.org That's www.chuffed.org Then look for Tunnel Vision. Be part of Tunnel Vision, the real story of the East-West Link. If the person in front of you has got a belt on, hold on to the belt in front of you. Tunnel Vision is a 3CR supporter. Now, as I said, Helen Isles has actually been using crowdfunding in a completely different way. But let Helen tell you all about her exploits in filmmaking and her crowdfunding adventure. It's lovely to see you again, Helen. How are you? I'm I'm well, but I'm a bit um, tired. I'm, oh. I'm babysitting a crowdfund campaign. I see it like that because it's just constantly kind of crying in the background or niggling or whinging or wanting some attention. So, <laughs> so tell yeah. us about that. And this is part of a new process in your filmmaking. You're now coming up to a crowdfunding arrangement for to distribute your latest film. Tell us about it. Yeah, so this is the next phase of uh, modern day independent filmmaking, I think. Or, or sometimes it's the first phase, but... This film, Deep Listening, has been made without any funding so far. But we need some cash to put some product out there so that people can have the film, screen it in their own community, watch it for themselves. And um, this is this is it. This is the crowdfund to, to just basically uh, run off some DVDs or some USB cards proving very popular. That's kind of a new thing that we've put out there and people are... Well, going for. well, let's go back and tell us about the actual film, Deep yeah, Listening, because yeah. it's part of your whole series of films that are about intentional living. Yeah, well, that's a whole journey now, which started more than 15 years ago, and it started in Australia uh, at Crystal Waters, which is a permaculture village in Queensland. And I was there visiting and with my young son and we were in the process of looking for somewhere to live that was more sustainable and more communal. Um, I was sensing that modern suburban life was not suitable for a single parent. It was very isolating. It wasn't very environmentally friendly and I was looking for alternatives. And being a filmmaker, being an independent filmmaker, I was just filmmaking as I, go, as I went along, filming these places where I visited and was inspired by and Crystal Waters turned out to be the first in that first film, which is Eco Village Pioneers. And that looped me back to Wales, where I then stayed with my son in a community that was very close to where I grew up, um, called Holtzfield. And I stayed there for 12, 13 years until I was swept off my feet by my husband and brought back to Australia. Uh, and in the meantime, I'd filmed um, the Eco Village in Wales, Lamas be birthed, really, be established on their land in West Wales where they built natural homes from from cob and from wood with these beautiful reciprocal frame roofs which are now a sort of architectural thing. They've become almost mainstream. It's interesting, isn't it, because it was not only uh, negotiating, dealing with the elements 
and uh, making a, a philosophical understanding into a real world. It was about negotiating the mainstream arrangements in order to be allowed to exist in this intentional community. Yeah, I think all of these uh, community projects, eco-villages, always have to negotiate with both the authorities over planning issues uh, and building regulations and also the local people who are sometimes very nervous and scared about newcomers coming in with such radical ideas. But I think over those 15 years, what I've seen is that these ideas themselves, this idea of the eco-village has become very mainstream. And what I found in Melbourne, in in this film, in the deep listening film, I've looked very closely at co-housing. And co-housing is really the mainstream version of eco-villages where people come together and share a common space. So they have their individual houses, their individual apartments, but they share a common space, they share resources, they share laundry, they share a big kitchen, and they come together for many of their community events and meals and film screenings and parties and you know it's a really very collaborative lifestyle and it works in the city so it's like a village in a city it's a mini village in a city Mm. fantastic and so that's what you've been exploring now with deep listening uh, that was part of a exploration into how communities deal with conflict because of course conflict is part of human existence yeah well When I made the second film, the Lammas film in Wales, and I followed this community through their growth, there came a point when, you know, the houses were up and the gardens were being fruitful, and then they kind of looked at each other and went, oh, do we even like each other? (laughs) (laughs) And and there seemed to be some tensions. And and anyway, just being in the same place. Well, these are some of the skills that have come out through the exploration in the film Deep Listening. So when I came to Australia, I came with this idea of how do communities work well. And I found these communities in Australia that were 30, 40 years old. And Crystal Waters at 25 years old was one of those that had stood the test of time. And so I went and asked them how they made it work. And what came out were these wonderful um tips and hints really about conflict resolution about collaborative decision making about how we be together how we how how we be together in relationship even just one on one and yeah one of those was we can't put the blame on the other we have to look at ourselves hmm. did you find that uh, there was a need for a charismatic leader type or did people organically work as a as a unit together to their own skills? I think traditionally these projects have come together under charismatic leaders, which led to a whole syndrome, the leadership syndrome, where the leader has to be symbolically sort of killed by the community or actually leaves because the community need to take their power in their own right and they need to come out from and you know, come out from being children to their own sort of adulthood. And that's a whole process that's known. But I think that communities are actually catching on And I hope the film reflects this, that newer communities are looking at these processes and beginning to take collaborative power, collective power from the outset, Mm. because there are lots of ways to do that. Mm. And it's really interesting, isn't it? Because it's really about, you could almost say that it's it's part of uh, society being able to be a more mature society without violence. As a key, I I really think that these 
tips and hints are not only useful either for individual relationships or in community. I think they resonate in the wider society. Um, there is a quote in the film, um, one of the people, Greg Foister, who's a, an author, and he lives in this uh, co-housing community, Murundaka, in Heidelberg. He's gone to live there recently, and we watch a bit of his journey. And we see how he realises that what happens in the microcosm in the community is actually what's happening maybe in the UN and a delegation where all these power plays are going on. So I think if we can bring awareness to those processes on a small level in our own lives, in our own communities, we can start to take them yeah, into the wider world and we can start to understand what's happening on those big levels. And yeah, I mean, I suppose it's a hope for, for a peaceful world, for that peace is possible or collaboration is possible. It's a big question. I think Greg as well says that um, he, he's amazed by how people can't work together even when it's clearly in their interest to do so. You That's know, there's right. so much personal stuff in the way. And so what what comes out, again, is this need for personal reflection, this need for personal development, personal growth. And it's seen, I guess, widely that these communities are hothouses. They're hothouses for rubbing our edges off, for making us see ourselves more clearly because all these people around us are mirrors. And, you know, that's very challenging even in, in a one-on-one -on -one relationship that this partner will mirror you and you will see yourself more clearly. But actually, if you... If you're into, if you're brave enough for a for a spiritual journey and spiritual growth, then I think they they're they're fast tracking th that process for us. Yeah, yeah, and it's a tough gig, really. Life is a tough gig. Life is a tough gig, but you know, I think anyone that's undertaken any kind of spiritual journey, any kind of personal growth journey, will realise that actually, as you address those obstacles and you get through them, life gets simpler. Life gets easier. Life gifts you in every moment when you've cleared those blocks. So we first need to look at ourselves honestly and openly. And I think also the community can offer us that support. I mean, in the Buddhist community, they call it Sangha. They call the, the Sangha, the Buddha thought that the Sangha, the community, was the most important part of our practice because we need the Sangha to support us, to to hold those reflections for us and to encourage us when we're, when we're challenged to the point of giving up. <laughs> a community can come around and go, it's all right. Actually, you're a great person. You, yes, it's difficult, but here we are. We're all in this together. Tune in to On Screen and find out more about what's on the big and the small screen each Saturday, 11am till 12 noon on 3CR. It's a program on film, on filmmakers and on film festivals. It's called On Screen, mm, but it's on the radio, 3CR. Hey, I'm Don Honey. You're listening to 3CR, 855 AM on your AM dial. I love 3CR. Yeah, and so do we. And today we're on Showreel, we're having a yarn with Helen Isles, who's uh, just uh, in the process of a crowdfunding arrangement. In fact, it's got six more days to go, a crowdfunding arrangement that's about distributing her film De uh, Deep Listening. So we'll continue with uh, our chat with Helen. 
Now that we've told people why it's <laughs> worthwhile having a look at this film, can you tell us about why you've decided to uh, do a sort of a crowdfunding kind of arrangement to uh, distribute it? Hmm. There's a few reasons, really. I think it's, um, from my point of view, it's a, a great way to focus me for a month. The crowdfund is up for a month, and it's a great way for me to focus on that distribution process and to spread the word. I'm an introvert by nature. The marketing and the distribution is not my forte. I have to push myself. So it does push me. Every day I have to wake up and look at it and see if it's moved a little, you know, a couple of dollars up or not. And if it hasn't, I have to work. I have to find someone else, put it out there to a different community, try to find a different audience. So it's making me do that for a month. But actually that process can be really enjoyable as well because in reaching out to people you get beautiful feedback, you get support, you get that love back. You see that actually people want to see the film, so they're glad that you reached out to them. And all of those new relationships, those new bondings can happen as well. So I then feel like there's much more of a community building around the film itself. And the film develops because of that. Now, it's interesting because uh, often people try and raise money to be able to either finish a project or start a project up. Now, this is quite different. This is not the same thing. What you're doing is using it to uh, get people to to increase your ability to distribute it. But in the actual crowdfunding arrangement, you are distributing it. Can yes. you explain that? Well, we're pre-selling the film, basically. The film is finished. I mean, there's, I think the unique thing is perhaps so there's no risk to anyone because the film is finished. They will get the film. Um so I guess that's a bit different. It's just a pre-sale. But there is a, there's a sort of a leap of faith, I guess, because they haven't seen it yet, perhaps. And, yeah, 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 uh, although we've done some screenings yeah, in Melbourne, yeah, yeah, and, and that's no. been a whole process And in that was itself. very successful. They were booked out. So and we, we know the product's good, and that's not the point. What I'm really getting at is that what you're, you're doing is saying to them, uh, if you give us this amount of money, you will get this. Yeah. Yeah, so tell us about that. What do, what do people get for what? how much money? Uh, well, the crowdfund campaign is actually in US dollars, which we saw as a an intermediate between our British audience and the Australian audience. So we went for that. And um, so for $15... Uh, US the, dollars? US dollars, you get a download. You'll get a digital download. For 25 US dollars, you'll get a DVD. And for 50 US dollars... This has been our most popular one. You get all three films that I've talked about, the Eco Village Pioneers, the Lamas film and the Deep Listening film, which are all about life in community, on a USB card, which we're going to beautifully package in sustainable packaging because one of the things about USB cards is, oh, where do I put it? So we're going to package it like a DVD and it'll sit on your shelf like a DVD. Um, and we're also rolling in screening licences because one of the things we've realised is that the film works really well in a community. We want people to screen it in their communities. We want them to talk about the issues that are raised afterwards. And it does that really well. It raises all sorts of discussions. So if you've got a permaculture group or a green group, an environmental group, or a group that comes together to 
to deliberately talk about issues, this film will work really well in your community. And so we've we've reduced the price of the screening licenses and we've rolled those in. And I guess our featured perk today, which I'd really like to mention, is that we've got a two-day training course with the Groupwork Institute. It's a facilitation training course. The Groupwork Institute are amazing at what they do. And they've offered us one of their courses at a discounted rate to put on our crowdfund. And that's what I've sent, just sent out a, a word today about it. And I'm featuring that on it today. So you get that for 200 Australian dollars less than the price of the usual course. Fantastic. Mm. So, And what does that course do? Is that, that a uh, course that is about... Uh, uh, enabling you to be able to do a range of things is that yeah basically uh, there's a feeling that we're very poor at facilitating groups or meetings well that's true so if you are someone that has that role in a group a facilitator or a meeting convener then this course will help you do it better right okay that should be really useful to people <laughs> <laughs> it's sold the course is sold out all the time so um, it was very nice of them to sort of offer that to me. But I've been doing some intense work with them over the last two years. That's why I can say how good they are. Yeah, that's fantastic. I mean, I think it's a great idea. I think what you're doing is a great approach to not only raising the funds to cover your costs, I'm assuming that's what mm, the whole thing exactly. is about, uh, but also actually spreading the message mm. of that, that is contained in the film. Yeah, very much. I mean, it is, it's a marketing exercise. The crowdfund is a way to do basic first off the post marketing for the film to try to raise some interest when people don't know about it. So it's letting people know about it in a way where they can get their hands on it. Mm. Uh, how you can save yourself and the world at the same time. Well, it's really interesting. I think the word, oh, you know, save the world or change the world, they're very overused. But there've been a there's a couple of quotes that have come back to me that so this process of deep listening it's a really it's a practice of mindfulness and it's a practice of awareness of of growing that awareness in our everyday life and what I am taking away from my process of making the film is that practice of deep listening so with my partner I don't know if he's going to listen to this but I find myself actually physically biting my tongue and forcing myself to listen to him, to sit down, sit back, calm down, stop thinking about the next thing I want to say or my news I want to share and listen to him. And I just feel that's really good for a relationship. Even a one-on-one -on -one relationship is really healthy. But also I might stop in the day and watch the light filtering through the trees or playing on the wall in my apartment. And those little moments... <sighs> they're a breathe out kind of moment, which allows me to appreciate my environment, the people around me, even my own situation right now. So this is where it links back to this Aboriginal idea of Dadiri, of Dadiri taking in all our surroundings, taking in the landscape, the, the humanity, even you know, deeply listening to ourselves. Oh, what's going on for me right now? Oh, look, you know, sadness is arising. Or oh, I'm really quite excited about this. Really knowing deeply what's going on around us, so that we can move forward with clarity, with confidence, with respect, with uh, yeah, just just being in the world with more presence. 
And that's what I take away from the film. And I think that's what I want to take forward as a practice in my life. And I hope people get that from the film as well. How do they uh, uh, link in with the crowdfunding? Because it's uh, Indiegogo. 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 If you go to Indiegogo and you look up Deep Listening, it'll come up. And it's under the community. It's Rather than under film, it's under community. I'll tell you what it is. It's www.indiegogo, I-N-D-I-E-G-O-G-O dot com forward slash projects forward slash deep hyphen listening hyphen Dadiri, D-A-D-I-R-R-I. And I'll definitely have that up on the podcast of Showreel. Yeah, and if it's easier, just go to our website, which is livinginthefuture.org, and there's lots of short films you can watch there for free as well on these issues. So, yeah, in uh, livinginthefuture.org. Deep listening, Dadiri, and go to indiegogo.com and help to distribute the word from Helen Isles. I enjoyed that interview. I hope you did too. Uh, before I go, before Showreel goes and um, published or not comes in, I'd like you to remember that Glitch, the new hit series made locally, showing on the ABC, has got one more day for you to be able to watch it on iView ABC. You'll be silly if you don't have a look. Uh, if you do have a look, then your next step is to write a letter or an email to help to the ABC saying you want a second series. Uh, also, um, there's uh, a film called Play It Safe, which is being uh, featured at uh, the Lido from September the 10th and also having additional screenings at the Classic and Belgrave 
a cameo. It's an Australian film. It's part of their uh, supporting Australian industry. The film stars Nicholas Cato as Jamie, a 26-year-old musician who is out of work and down in his luck. Now he's teaching piano. Uh, he uh, has to work out what directions he's going to take. It's a, a film by writer-director Chris Parlow. It's now going to be shown at uh, the Lido starting on September the 10th. We're going to go out with a little bit from a uh, the soundtrack of uh, the, the Women He Undress, which is the uh, film by, latest film by Gillian Armstrong. This particular track... Uh, is called Two Peas in a Pod. You'll hear from me next week. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.